Hello and welcome to the FPL Lounge podcast. We're here to review game week three where there was more controversy and more goals, meaning uh, an interesting weekend for fantasy managers across the country and across the world. Uh, I am joined, as ever, by the West Brom's first half to my West Brom's second half. It's Andy Case. Andy, how are you doing on this fine Monday evening? I'm okay, thanks. Yeah, I mean, you said it's um, an interesting game week for many an FPL manager, but um, yeah, that's a kind word to use. I think it's been not particularly great. The the overall average would tell you that it's to, it's not been a great week for many, but also just looking at some of the stories people are telling, you know, on Twitter and, and everywhere else about how they're uh, how they're getting on this week, really not sounding great for a lot of people. Yeah, you'd think the world had caved in, I think, according to, to, to some FPL managers. Definitely not very happy with the start that they have made. Um, as I alluded to, we're recording on Monday evening. We managed to take in the late Monday game. Um, so as uh, as it's going to be a late night editing for one of us, we will crack on and just quickly run down what we're going to go through. We're going to review all of the players on the radar that we featured in the preview pod that was up last Friday. We're going to have a look at uh, game week threes, some of the top differentials that you may be looking to get in, into your team to give you that, that edge. And uh, we're going to take a look at blankety blank as well, where a high owned player did not do very well. We'll review our stats versus eye test to see if one prevailed over the other. And we'll review our captaincy picks ahead of, sorry, before looking ahead to game week four. So let's kick things off then with uh, with perhaps with West Ham Wolves, which, you know, we were looking at two Wolves players to, you know, they were definitely, you know, very much on our radar. Raul Jimenez being the first one. The postman, as we call him, because he uh, always delivers, um, delivered perhaps through the wrong letterbox this this game week, um, and 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 Nelson Semedo as well. Obviously, you know, big signing from Barcelona. We know how Wolves love to get their get their wing backs forward and, and really integral um, as to as to how Wolves play. I mean, what did we what did we think of those, Andy? I think we we both managed to watch the game, but I think we've probably got similar takes. Well. Yeah, I mean, look, number one, uh, important rule for life is to make sure sure you are always delivering your post through the right letterbox. So remember that one, Chris, it's a free tip there for you. Make sure you find the right letterbox, okay? Uh, number two is that um, I'm also going to blame you for the fact that Raul Jimenez didn't return because you made too much of a big deal about the fact we decided to call him the postman. So I'm sticking that one on you as well. I mean, it's typical that just as we make a kind of thing of that, he then go, you know, scores against City when we're not really thinking about him. And then he goes and blanks against, uh, and worse than blanking, actually scoring an own goal and coming out with zero points for uh, for owners on, on, on Sunday, Raul Jimenez. So, yeah. Um, it, it wasn't it wasn't ideal. Um, obviously, I think you said to me, uh, described it to me as West Ham absolutely did a job on on Wolves there. And I think Jimenez probably was on the radar because of the goals he'd scored. And I think, you know, not a great game for Wolves. But at this point, you know, they had such a good season last year. I'm willing to kind of give them a bit of leeway. Um, and they've got Fulham coming up next. So, um, you know, that that I, I'd be interested to see still how he gets on next week. 
With Semedo, a slightly different story. He was on the radar, not necessarily because of the evidence of any performances we'd seen from him, but just generally, you know, a player coming in for that amount of money had come from Barcelona. We knew he was like an attacking right back, like you said, which would fit into kind of Wolves' system. And yeah, he did get forward quite a lot. So that looked promising in one sense. But I mean... Creswell and Masuaku absolutely had their day on on Sunday. They 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 were the pair of them absolutely careering down multiple lovely crosses from the both of them. Semedo was absolutely nowhere to be seen, so that was quite concerning from from that point of view. And I'd say he's kind of less so on the radar perhaps going forward. I mean, his his poor defending in the game, I suppose, other than contributing to the clean, lack of clean sheets for Wolves. Maybe it still it doesn't really matter from an FPL point so much because if you are seeing him bombing forwards, he might still get those assists. But um, I would I would be hopeful of of Jimenez still more so next week against Fulham. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think there's been talk, you know, in, among the FPL community of double, maybe tripling up on Wolves players. Um, you know, we know some of their some of their centre halves are fairly popular as well, ignoring some of our players on the radar. But but you know, neither. Roman Sass or Connor Cody or Willie Bolly really covered themselves in any glory in this game. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, by the contrary, West Ham's three centre-halves, as a, as you said, absolutely did a job on Raul Jimenez. You know, Raul Jimenez was given absolutely zero time on the ball, always had his back to goal. Um, and, and, and yeah, some of, you know, some of the, the, the wider, Wolves' wider attacking players weren't really able to get crosses in. So I think it was a bit of a bit of a tactical masterclass from uh, from David Moyes from home so so yeah but I would agree I'm not um you know I think we can perhaps take Semedo off the radar for now but definitely not Raul Jimenez and, and I think something that we said very early on um this season in, in, in our pods perhaps after um game week one was was you know overload on on, on attacking players when when they're playing Fulham and and that's definitely where where Wolves are next and and Fulham's defensive performance against against Villa today was was well left much to be desired so so it's not quite over for 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 Wolves' attacking players yet um another team that very much disappointed in game week 3 were Manchester City um Phil Foden and Raheem Sterling were two again that we highlighted uh, as being on our radar, partly down to their price for one of them, and then the other one perhaps down to his fairly low ownership. Um, they looked okay, but obviously, you know, City's performance again didn't. Um, you know, they didn't produce attacking returns, and 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 Man City, especially at the back, obviously looked very bad, contributing to a fairly hefty defeat. Um, but again, is it sort of too late to dismiss Foden and Sterling? No, I mean certainly not, 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 not to. We sh- you shouldn't be dismissing them. No, I don't think at this point in time. I mean, particularly with City's injury problems, um, that they're only they're only sort of more likely to start than they would have been anyway. And that is one of the concerns, right? When you've got City players, is the, is the Pep Roulette, which we mentioned a lot. Um, so they're less susceptible to that. Okay, maybe. I mean, City City looked decent going forward. I mean, particularly. Um, in the early stages of the game, they dominated possession throughout. Um, they 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 created the odd chance without creating maybe as much as they usually do. They still created what you'd think would usually be enough. I mean, they gave away three penalties, and in any game where you give away three penalties, you're giving yourself a tough chance, aren't you? And then they were all absolutely ridiculous decisions from their defenders. Um, so uh, 
if you're a City fan, that's disappointing. But if you're a City player owner, from an FPL point of view, that the fact their defenders are making stupid decisions like that doesn't really matter so much, um, because I think they're still they're still going to be potent attack, attacking wise. And um, if 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 it, if you think Sterling and Foden are nailed on to start, which it looks like they almost are now, with obviously um, Jesus um, being injured as well as Aguero, then that they're still going to be good options. And I guess Sterling's sort of potential move up front, I mean, I'm not convinced that that makes him a better fantasy asset other than, like as you say, he seems to be fairly immune from from prep roulette going forward. So so that still bodes fairly well. And, and, and yeah, I think in terms of their price and their ownership, they're still fairly appealing. Um, and, you know, plus, City don't often lose two on the bounce. So, um, and, and Leeds have conceded a, a lot of goals so far this year, only registering their first clean sheet. Um, this this game week. So there's really potential for, for a big bounce back game from some City assets. And then let's finally mention um, someone who has got gotten more mentions on this podcast than I ever would have envisaged. Um, but one simple question, Andy, and it's not going to be a, a wind up question this time, but is Tarek Lamptey this year's John Lundstrom? I'm not sure he's this year's John Lundstrom. Uh, Lundstrom had um, obviously goals in his locker and assist and was playing as a fully fledged midfielder whereas although Lamptey's pretty high up he's um he is still technically a defender but no look he looked good again and he's um I, I think almost we're gonna have to stop talking about him on the radar because essentially he needs to be getting in people's teams now at this point um I can't quite do it myself yet um as you know for other reasons that we'll come on to probably later but um he I think he's now shown can three good back-to-back performances against a variety of different teams he got another assist albeit you know via winning a penalty but that's that still counts and it's not the first time he's even done that this season um it's very similar to the penalty what he won i think it was against newcastle um uh, and he's very clever he was winning free kicks uh, all over the pitch um uh, get getting his body positioned into a place where he was going to be fouled by by the uh defending player so yeah brighton look look pretty good defensively um albeit that they did concede concede three goals but um yeah i th- i think he could be he could be a, a good a good prospect now i guess uh yeah important to potentially try and get him in before before his price goes up i don't think he's had a price rise yet at the time of recording so um but one would think that that that, that might be um inevitable if not this week in in the coming weeks and and yeah i think the message from from Andy very much is, is is the same as it has been, you know, for, for the last couple of weeks. You know, if you've gone a wild card for a four and a half million defender, I think he's definitely the guy that that, that that you're going to be looking for over some of the others. But perhaps you're not quite using your free transfer on him, perhaps. But 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 let's see. It seems to be a lot of fantasy managers that are that are going to be wild carding if they haven't already. Let's move just, on then. Just to, oh, sorry. Just to say on. quickly, I think he, I think his price has gone up uh, by by 0.1. But yeah, still still a good option. Certainly. So let's move on then to uh, to the little section that we like to call blankety blank. Please don't come at us, ITV. Um, again, this is where a, a high-owned player tends to well, has has blanked, hasn't hasn't returned, and, and and perhaps hasn't shown us very much on the pitch either. We've already had two of these. One was Trent Alexander-Arnold, and I think last week we focused on Timo Werner. And unfortunately, Timo Werner is going to be the focus of our attentions again. 31% ownership, two points. Not necessarily his fault. Is getting shifted very much out wide, but for not really justifying his ownership, Andy. 
No, well, it's a tr- it's a tricky one, yeah, because obviously we're having to mention him for a second week in a row here. But um, I think it's just last week we gave him quite a lot of, of leeway because uh, they were playing Liverpool. Um, but this week, you know, he's although Chelsea didn't play that well, obviously they did still score three goals, and he wasn't involved in any of them in terms of scoring himself or assisting. So it's not looking good again in just generally. Um, in terms of uh, him as a player, I don't think he can necessarily take too much blame because he always is keen for the ball. And as you mentioned, he hasn't really been played through the middle that much. He was out on the left and Abraham was through the middle in this game. Um, So um, although he might not take much of the blame uh, or all of the blame for his um, sort of performances, he, uh, at the end of the day, if you're an FPL manager, it doesn't matter whether it's his fault or not. If he's going to be shoved out left... um, then it's not going to be as appealing a prospect for for you to own him. So, yeah, two two blanks in a row now. It's starting to get like a worrying trend, and I think um, his ownership is only going to continue to go down. Definitely, you know, I think as, as you mentioned um, when we were having our pre-pod meeting, you know, he's got the potential to bounce bounce back, but but for his price, perhaps you could you, you could use that 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 money sort of better elsewhere. Um, we've got a few other honourable mentions because you know, naturally Kevin De Bruyne did blank this game week and he's got an even higher ownership. Um, but we're not particularly worried about him, partly for the reasons that, that we outlined with, with Foden and Sterling. But equally, it's Kevin De Bruyne and he's not going to return every game week, right? Yeah, but also you can trust him. He's he's obviously, we know he's more consistent over over a bigger sample size. Um, and and actually, look, the point of this is technically De Bruyne's more highly owned and did also blank this week compared to Werner. But we're also trying to be helpful in some way, right? It would there be no point us just saying, well, the highest owned blanking player this, this week was Kevin De Bruyne at end of segment. I don't think that really helps anyone, does it? So, yeah, Werner would be more of a worry if he was in my team than Kevin De Bruyne at this point. And then two more, perhaps, just to briefly highlight. One, I guess, from a slightly tactical point of view, um, you've noticed sort of James Rodriguez has been a little bit more withdrawn, not necessarily in terms of his influence on play, but in terms of how far up the pitch he is for in Everton's last two games compared to their first one against Tottenham. Seems to be um, he seems to be perhaps creating the the ch- or creating the space for the guy that then creates the chance, the guy that then potentially will get the assist. So diminishing potential fantasy returns for him again despite the fact that lots have clamored to get him in uh, over the last two game weeks yeah I mean it's one of those situations where you wish the conversation we'd had uh, off air was had been recorded uh, for people to hear because that's pretty much the extent of the conversation you and I had about our teams um before last week's game week and where or the, sorry before this week the games this week um where where I said just that to you basically yeah he he it looked like Hammers is pulling the the strings from from deeper and you were kind of saying you were thinking about getting him in your team because he just looks like such a great player which is completely understandable um, and he was again by the sounds of it quite influential in the good things for Everton in this game week but that doesn't necessarily always equate into fantasy points and it's actually Richarlison and Dominic Calvert Lewin that are benefiting fantasy wise from Hammers's brilliance so he's only got I I mean he's not in this segment because we think there's any um he's doing badly necessarily or whatever but I just thought an interesting one to draw out there for for those reasons that you said he's he looks like he's playing really really well to the eye but I'm concerned with his more withdrawn role he's dictating play from deep which is great if you're an Everton fan 
but if you're a Hammers owner from a fantasy point of view, maybe not going to quite turn into into returns. But only another reason to get DCL or Richarlison, right? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And then final, just a very quick mention. Um, you know, he hit, hit hit the woodwork twice. Thirty percent ownership. I think he was probably game week three's most transferred in player. But Son's injury, uh, where he's potentially out for a few weeks, um, means that he only returned one point this game week. Could have been oh so different if he was a few, if some of his shots were a few licks of paint um, lower or more central. But but yeah, definitely one to one to highlight because again, yeah, obviously his ownership has ballooned and he definitely did not return here. Let's quickly then talk about some top differentials. And there's definitely one that we'd like to highlight. It seems to be a bit of a, a bit of a trend throughout this podcast where we're talking about Man City assets, partly make, you know, because of their injuries and the fact that Pep Roulette isn't going to be as prevalent as perhaps it always is. But Riyad Mahrez, for his price compared to some of the others, and obviously his returns against Leicester. I mean, I think he does always do fairly well against his old club. Um, but he, but he's got two and a half percent ownership, got twelve points this week. Uh, so he's going to be the top differential that that, that we're going to highlight. Yeah, so I mean, he's he's the attacking City player who we kind of failed to mention on on players on the radar in the preview show. But it was kind of. I think when we spoke about it before the, the the preview pod, we were obviously we were looking to try and not have as many on the radar as we have in previous weeks, and we were a bit less sure about Mares um, and his sort of match fitness um, and where he was with his preparation and stuff. So we did we, we couldn't, and we, obviously at the time we recorded actually as well, we didn't know about the Jesus injury as well. So it was quite possible that Mares was probably not going to even start. Um, but then obviously as soon as you found that out about Jesus, it looked more likely that he might well do. I mean, obviously he did start in the cup. The um, before for these this round of fixtures um, and now they like we mentioned with Foden and Sterling earlier really it it only looks like he's even he's even um, he's nailed on going forward like the like the rest of them really so considering that he obviously did very well last season his in terms of his game time versus the points he returned he must have been one of the highest in the game I think he really he he did he um, scored a lot of points considering he didn't really start every game and yeah to get obviously he scored 12 points with just a two and a half percent ownership this week so um I think that's that's someone you've got to be looking at and for, you mentioned um Son just before I mean I am a current Son owner and he has a hamstring injury his price is going to plummet very quickly a lot of people are going to be moving out because you have to move him out he's going to be you know he looks like he's out of action for at least four six maybe eight weeks so um there's quite a good there's quite a good straightforward move there in, in a similar price category and Again, repeating ourselves from earlier, but like we mentioned, a City attacking player, City still looked good going forward despite their result. So, um, potentially really good option. Certainly, certainly. And then one final player that we'll give a little honourable mention to, I think he was the highest scoring uh, player this game week, was Jared Bowen of West Ham, obviously with with, with two goals. West Ham scored four. He's got less than 1% ownership. So, might be um, might be a player that, that some fantasy players are looking at. I mean, I think for me, as a uh, you know a bit of an EFL fan, and obviously seeing him do very well for Hull City over the last few years, he's a player that um, you know that that, that that has not really kicked on quite at Premier League level, but definitely has the potential to. And I think he's a player that I'd like to see a lot more consistency from um, before he makes any sort of you know appearance perhaps in our player on the radar section but he's one that I might have a uh, half an eye on going forward but but yeah we, you know he 
he, he played very well, but you know one of his goals was a tap in. I think the other one was was, was a, you know, a lot of quick thinking from Fornals that that gave him the ball and caught Wolves off guard a bit. It's not West Ham aren't going to put in a performance like that every week. So I think he's he's going to have diminishing returns, but and he's not the cheapest still. Uh, I think he's around six and a half million. I think six point four. So so yeah, it'd be interesting to see. How much is it? His ownership increases uh, going into game week four, but he's not a player that I'm going to be breaking the bank to to, to get in. Um, anything? Anything more to mention on on, on Bowen, Andy? No, Chris, I'm I I am not the EFL expert that you are, so I'll have to bow to your knowledge there. And re- remember, listeners, Chris likes EFL. I do indeed. I do indeed. It doesn't have any horrendous handball. Uh, penalty not not or VAR penalty nonsense at the moment. So, well, I would say arguably far and away the better product, but actually with the amount of goals that we're seeing in the Premier League, I think that's definitely still up for debate. Let's move on then and review our stats versus eye test before I start talking about the wonders of League Two. Um, Wilfred Zaha was the guy that we highlighted last week. Again, I think we still both fairly fall in the same category on Zaha. I'm not convinced by him, but I definitely am more keen or more pro getting him into my team just because I do genuinely believe that most good things that Palace do, he, he's going to be heavily involved. Um, they've only got one goal at the weekend and Zaha wasn't involved um, in terms of a fantasy output anyway. He also got booked, so ended the week with just one point. I think as fancy managers are looking at penalty takers, Zaha might still be on their radar. Um, but in terms of this game week, you know, he, he's one where I think the the eye test, I guess, um, really kind of sort of you know says that he's not particularly a viable option. Yeah, neither do the stats. I mean, I think overall that we're it's a bit inconclusive here and you know we'll have we'll have to kind of um just leave that as a case unanswered for now but um no the stats don't really back it up this week but he had a few touches in the penalty area quite you know what in within the top 10 of all players having in terms of touches in the penalty area but that can only tell you so much he wasn't really involved in in much goal or a threat in terms of goals or assist didn't really create didn't create any chances um so yeah uh, maybe for the reasons you say about stuff going through him uh, and Palace doing are doing well at the moment, he might be an option, but uh, cer- certainly not not one for me. I mean, Chelsea lunchtime next in the next game week, so perhaps not one that we're going to be looking at uh, this week. And then, although it's an international break after that, Brighton again not the easiest defence to play against. So 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 maybe diminishing returns for Wolf Zaha going forward. Um, in that case, let's review some of our captaincy picks because we we you know we, we reference quite a few as, as as we tend to do at the moment because there doesn't always seem to be a sort of runaway standout obvious choice. Um, we talked, we spoke about some City players, Kevin De Bruyne being uh, the main one, but also Raheem Sterling. Um, I think again the eye test sort of says that they looked good, but obviously this week didn't particularly go too well for anyone that captained those players. Yeah, I mean, there was an interesting piece of um, analysis from Darren Fletcher, the um, the ex-Man United player Darren Fletcher, as opposed to the uh, Radio 5 Live commentator Darren Fletcher. But um, yeah, we're, we're talking about 
pivots and double pivots and and we can't and I briefly mentioned it I guess I think on one of the preview pods as well that usually Pep Guardiola teams and and City have always under him usually kind of just playing with that one defensive midfield player and in the in the first two league games this season they've both now played played with played with two defensive midfielders with Fernandinho and Rodri and I thought that was interesting because I wasn't necessarily expecting to see that maybe part of that this week was down to injuries um uh, maybe he, if he'd had his full squad, he might have have just used the single pivot again. But um, I don't like it from an attacking point of view. If I, if I'm honest, I mean, City still looked like a reasonable threat, and by, so I'm talking about this in terms of by their own standards. I didn't like it, right? But I would prefer in an ideal world to see them go back to that single defensive midfielder, um, and then that would allow for um, you know even more creativity um, potentially. But um, so yeah, not no direct returns from KDB or Sterling themselves um, this week, but City are still going to create chances, and um, obviously Mares, you know, did, did, was the one to get the points this week. And I think if you've got a, a City, any one of those City forward players, Foden, Mares, KDB, Sterling, you're even getting to the point now where because they have no fit first team strikers, uh, Liam Delap is is a genuine. Uh, potential differential option um, because you think he's he might well he did come off the off on after for the last like half an hour in this game scored a couple in the cup in midweek and, and might well get a bit more off the bench game time um, and if he's going to be serviced by those 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 players and he might even be an option generally in your team but not necessarily captaincy so yeah I, it didn't work out this week but I, I wouldn't necessarily hesitate captaining one of those players again going forward no worries and then I think Overall, you know, our picks weren't brilliant. Again, we've we've referenced Werner and the fact that while he's out wide, I think his his, his use in our fantasy teams, let alone as captain, is uh, is, is basically zero. Um, although you know, as we we reserve the right to be wrong on all of these things, and and he, you know, we wouldn't put it past him to to to, to find some form and start returning. But for now, I think he's going to be one to one to avoid, and obviously. Our, uh, our our postman Raul Jimenez, like I say, he he found the net very much at the wrong end. Um, but he, um, no, I have a sneaky suspicion we might be talking about him in cap- for captaincy picks next game week, um, especially if Wolves are playing Fulham. So I guess of our picks, Salah was perhaps the the, the one to do the best um, with a small return. Looked fairly quiet tonight, but doesn't really seem to be anything to worry about, and still probably a fairly viable captaincy option going forward yeah I mean I think we I think we briefly talked about how I was kind of surprised how people were saying KDB was nailed on as a good captain choice this week but not Salah because because for some reason Liverpool were playing Arsenal suddenly meant that that wasn't a good a good choice and of those ones we've mentioned obviously Salah Salah you know probably was the best now that obviously there were better options generally around but um, I think it just makes the point that even when if you're not um, in in Liverpool's sort of finest form or in their best fixture, Salah can still return. I guess that's that's the point. Um, and yeah, they look as a team. They looked genuinely a little bit more on on form, getting back to their kind of um, peak. Not 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 anywhere near their peak yet, but bet, into a better kind of stride of things. So, um, and obviously with with Salah on pens, then. Yeah, uh, it's it, it, he's still a good option to have in your team and probably probably captaincy as well. I mean, just on 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 Werner, we we did also kind of mention to, you know to defend ourselves again a little bit, Chris. I think we did mention about how it, it, he could well end up being 
playing on the left with Abraham through the through the middle, as was the, what happened in the cup the, before. Um, we, we did kind of mention that on the, on the on the preview. So it's something that if you weren't quite aware of this week, you should probably continue to look out for because Abraham did play well and. You know, they've got a couple of injuries themselves, Chelsea, so it could end up being that Werner's on the left again, like you say, next week. I guess it's going to be hard to, hard to kind of you know predict the future, but one would think maybe when Pulisic comes back and, and Ziyech as well, that Werner might finally end up through the middle. But but I, I guess it's still a little bit too too early to tell. And, and, and while he's out on the left, I mean, you know, if, 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 if FPL are going to are going to classify Aubameyang and Salah as a midfielder, then on his current position, Werner would be out there as well. And, and I'm not necessarily sure that that would make him any uh, any different in terms of how we think about him in fantasy. But at the same time, you know, it's it, it's, it sort of just reinforces the fact that he he's not going to be, um, you know, perhaps getting, getting the chances through the middle that we perhaps would have hoped at the start of the season. Let's have a quick then look ahead to game week four. And there seems to be um, more to talk about, I guess, going going ahead, partly because of, of, of the penalty controversy of this weekend. And I think, you know, and also just generally quite a low average across across the board in fantasy this week. So I'm sure that there are plenty of, of, of fairly upset and irate FPL managers, um, perhaps bringing their wildcards forward, perhaps looking to get in considerably more penalty takers, and then also just throwing in, the Son injury after so many got him into their teams this week. There's much to ponder for FPL managers this week. Well, yeah, I mean, look, anyone who's seen or heard any kind of football commentary this this week will have seen something about penalties. Uh, if you've seen the games yourself, you'll have seen, probably more than likely seen a penalty as well. Um, we, we could be here forever if we start getting to that topic. So maybe we'll get into it a little bit in, in the preview and how it relates to like fantasy, as you've alluded a little bit to there. But um, ultimately, we'd kind of be remiss to not mention it at all when it looks like in, in, increasing potential fantasy returns for... Um, for penalty takers uh something to, that people were aware of when they were picking players but anyway but something to perhaps be even more aware of and then take into your consideration even more when choosing players um that, that also then affects so for people like me i imagine there's probably quite a few managers who saved their free transfer in the first week to use it after the second week and so now only have one free transfer going into this game week but like you say quite a lot of almost a third of managers have Son in their team. And I am one of those people. Um, and uh, and I had a different plan in mind for where I was going to use my free transfer, but I have to essentially now use that on Son. I have no choice. My hands are tied. Even though I have Werner, for example, in my team, who I'd probably want to be getting out if I could, I can't do that now. And there'll be other managers with similar situations, I imagine. And so that then, the whole penalties thing, like you mentioned, and the Son injury and loads of other factors, like there's been a lot of increases and decreases in price. You see a lot of volatility at this time of year um, in, in the price changes, leads a lot of people towards wanting to do wild cards. Um, it, it's tempting even without any of that often, you know, early in the season when you spent so long pouring over your team and then things aren't going right. It's tempting to kind of press a trigger on that as it is anyway but with all those other things thrown into it I can imagine it's certainly gone across my mind that there's so many problems I need to fix in my team now that do I need to just bite the bullet um 
ideally I'm going to try and hold on like we've been saying since the start of this season on, on this pod Chris we, we've kind of been alluding to the fact that the, the you know after the game week four the transfer window closes so it's next Monday I think the, the transfer window closes so if we can if I can get through just one more week I'll have a little bit more certainty in terms of who plays for what team um, and uh, yeah where, where we stand on that front so I might try and grit my teeth and see if I can get through but but equally I could I could feel a situation where I may be tempted into into pulling that trigger and doing the wild card to fix all the problems. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think I'm in very much the same boat, and I, and I think you know our, our message as always. I think sometimes we we are a bit critical on ourselves for being perhaps a bit cautious, but ultimately this is a marathon, not a sprint, and and your mini leagues are not won in in game week four. Um, so so you know. Not getting too down, too downbeat at, at, at you know perceived poor performances so far probably isn't the disaster that you think it is. But at the same time, I know that there is definitely um, you know a level of anxiety among all FPL managers that if you do see obvious problems in your team, um, I guess the temptation to fix them ASAP is is rather tempting. So absolutely do see both sides of the coin. Either way, it's gonna. Um, give us plenty to talk about in our next pod, um, which I'm sure we will record Thursday for Friday. But in the meantime, if you've got anything to talk to us about, whether it's any of the decisions from this weekend, any questions about your own team, or just any feedback at all on the pod. In fact, we've had some quite good feedback on uh, on some elements of, of our preview pods. We've had some people playing along with who the heck is stat. Which is, uh, which is which is great. I've had a lot of lot of good feedback about our intro and outro music. So actually, very little to do with anything that we've said, um, which is completely fair enough to to, to to be honest. But but yeah. So if you've got anything at all that you'd like to speak to us about, then do engage with us on social media. We are on Instagram and Twitter at FPL underscore Lounge with both. But other than that, we've got a little bit of League Cup action to tide us over in midweek, which I'm sure might give us some clues ahead of game week four. But other than that, Andy, until Friday. Thanks for joining us in the FPL Lounge.